palimpsest. Noun. Something reused or altered, but still bearing traces of its original form. One billion years in the future, Earth still exists, though maybe not as we imagine it. Eras upon bygone eras worth of technology have been left behind by eight previous and fallen civilizations. It is now up to the denizens of the Ninth World to piece together what was left behind. Perhaps they're looking to carve out their place in the world, or simply to survive a land riddled with weird and unearthly dangers. Or perhaps still, they just wish to learn and uncover the secrets of the Numenera. Hello, and welcome to Palimpsest, a Numenera actual play podcast. I'm Zan, and I'll be your GM. As it was with last episode, our format is a little different this time. We have given each character a little time in the spotlight and done an individual session with each of them. So this is our second of three character-specific episodes with each of our lovely hosts. In addition to that, I've conducted a short interview with each player on the front end to get a little insight on how they built the character in the cipher system. So without further ado, join us as Jory continues to uncover the palimpsest that is the Ninth World. Welcome to yet another character talk. Uh, I am here with Rin this time, and we are going to talk a little bit about Jory. Uh, So why don't you start off and give us Jory's character sentence in full. Uh, Jory is a curious delve who exists partially out of phase. Awesome. Yes. So let's let's break that down a little bit. Typically, uh, with Numenera, we start with the type, Mm -hmm. or in Cipher in general, we start with the type, and go from there. So Jory's a delve. What? Tell me a little bit about a delve. A delve is basically somebody who I like to think of them as kind of a, a junkyard rat, which isn't really necessarily <laughs> accurate. To me, kind of the descriptor kind of goes with that very, very much a adept at kind of finding things and getting a good sense of location and that sort of thing. Like she doesn't necessarily know how to use things. She may even be kind of less familiar than some other types. Like with the Numenera, with the technology? Yes, exactly. So she's she's very much a, a kind of stuff hunter. More than anything else, able to tell if something is going to be useful, not necessarily know where it came from or what it does. I would say so. I'd say that's a pretty fair assessment of it. I kind of like to think of delves as risk-taking archaeologists. That's a really good way of looking at it. Like a, this is fascinating and I'm really excited. I have no idea what it is, Yeah, (laughs) but I'm super into it. That's very much kind of her personality in general a little bit. Yeah, and you said curious kind of plays into that. It as does, well. yeah, because I think she's she's very intrigued by everything around her. She's um, very eager to learn, and while she doesn't, she accepts that she might not understand everything, especially with all these kinds of different technologies, but is very very open to learning and open to experiencing new things and finding new things and and all that. So that that's your descriptor and your type, and then you have your focus. Which is exists partially out of phase, mm-hmm. which is a little just a little more out there than some of the other ones we might have encountered previously. So sure. tell me a little about that and what that means for you. It was it was kind of a toss up, but for kind of reasons and, and I kind of probably won't get into too much of the background here. She is very good at running. And I think between that and the ability to kind of 
investigate things and search for things. She has this this kind of ability, and it, it's, it's almost part of her personality again too. Uh, but it kind of manifests physically as a she kind of can walk through walls in a way. It's and it's not specifically like that, but. I'm trying to think of how to describe it. <laughs> so in the world, in the ninth world, there are a lot of reality bending yes. technologies, alternate realities, different dimensions, breaking the laws of physics, all sorts of stuff that we wouldn't necessarily have within the purview of our current scientific knowledge, mm-hmm. but obviously is in a billion years in the future, something that they can do. So I think this is one of those situations where we see this as this kind of like magical and super science fiction-y thing where it's very kiddie pride almost, where you can like phase through things, you kind of become incorporeal for a little while. But to Jory, it's completely normal. Yes, yes. I think probably she probably had a good bit of fun with it when she was younger. I think anymore it's so ingrained in her that she probably almost kind of doesn't even think about it. But at the same time, she is just kind of finding a social use for it now that she has a group of people. But it, it, yeah, I, th- I think I ended up choosing it just because it, it kind of felt right with, with her backstory, which I'm sure will come out more, and, and with kind of her personality. It's not that she's flighty or flaky. Well, it's not that she's flaky, but she's, she's quick on her feet. So it just felt like her. Which kind of leads into uh, my next question. Mm-hmm. When you choose character traits or things about a character, uh, how do you normally go about it? And is that the way you went about creating Jory? Um, Jory was a little bit more of a kind of a roll of the dice. Like it's, I'm one that likes to start with something and then see what odd things I can bounce off of that something. And Numenera is good about that because you do have your three different points, your descriptor, your type, and your focus that you can mix and match in so many different ways. So it kind of plays along with what I like to do with characters in general, which is to find something and then see what else I can build around it, even if it's things that you wouldn't necessarily inherently go together, is almost looking at it as a challenge to, okay, how can I connect these things? How can I put a personality behind it? What is that personality? That sort of thing. Yeah. And I think that in general, that's the way that I've seen you build characters before. Even if it's flip-flopped, you are very personality-driven in your character creation. Yes, I would say so. I also like to be given characters. (laughs) Yeah, is that what you mean by the flip-flop? Yeah, yeah. Sometimes rather than saying, okay, I have these ideas of who I want it to be and I'm going to fit the system to that versus, okay, I have this character and here are the mechanics and who is this person? Yes. Yep. Yep, either way. I mean, honestly, I just like character building in general. Uh, so, and I mean, depending on the system, it really does change how you approach it, too. Yeah, New Era is great for kind of that, ooh, let's, let's see what we get from this. <laughs> so how much of you is there in Jory? <laughs> well, I'll tell you, when we did character creation and her history and her personality at the time, it was a little bit different than what ended up coming out of my mouth. <laughs> Especially um, in terms of voice. Yes, in terms of voice, uh, because just the circumstances and everything. I, I'd say she very much has a hyper Rin sort of thing going on there. Very, very much trying to fill the silence, which isn't necessarily something I feel like I always do. But again, it it gets kind of a a challenge to me sometimes to be the one to keep a conversation moving. And she's certainly chatty. Yeah, she has this great positivity. It's it's more of what I'd kind of hope to be. (laughs) So 
I want to I want to run around and find stuff and be real positive all the time. So <laughs> you got ha- you got half of that. Oh, wait. What? <laughs> You're a very positive person. Um, is there anything about Jory's backstory that you would like to share or uncover at this point? Totally okay, if not, because mm-hmm. plenty will be coming out, especially in the episode that we will be having just after this conversation. Mwaha. Um, As far as her backstory, the only things I'll really say for now is that it's not great that when she did arrive and met our other cast of characters, she was running from something. And uh, a lot of that initial personality that she shows on the surface right now is because for the first time in a long time, she's dealing with people who are friendly. And her way of kind of adapting to that is to be humorous and energetic because she doesn't really know how to deal with peers very well. Yeah, yeah, I think I think that gives a little bit of a little bit of insight. And I think people will start picking up on that pretty quickly. Well, cool. Anything else you'd like to add? Um, I'm very much enjoying this. I'm very curious to see where everything's going to go. I love my cohorts in this in this venture. And uh, thank you to everyone who is listening. And we always love to hear from you and uh, love that you're giving us a tune in. So thank you so much. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for, for chit-chatting about Jory. And now we'll get into her episode. Sounds lovely. So Jory's had uh, a day or so to recuperate and get herself back together after the experience with the bounty hunters and after the experience of bringing the cipher back and seeing it react with the sphere in the structure. Something that you have noticed over the past day or so is that now in the same way that the cipher had started humming The sphere also now has a low, constant hum that it gives off. And intermittently, there are garbled, maybe, words that come through. It's very possible that it is saying something, but it's not in a language you know, and it's very staticky and, like, trying to come through a radio that is has incredibly bad reception. But it is almost melodic in some way. That's what you've noticed over the past couple days, but otherwise, what what would Jory be doing now? I'm assuming everybody can hear this, and it's not just me, is that correct? Yes. Seeing as I ran to get here, and I'm really mostly here out of fear, I'm not telling anybody why. Why would I do that? That'd be crazy. Let's see, where's Iona right now? Where's everybody we've been protecting? Sure. She is on the north eastern side of the settlement. There is a small area there where they have started growing some food. Some grain and vegetables and the like. There are hunters and people that can find proteins and meats for the settlement to have, but they also realize that you need more than that to sustain a village. So they have started trying to farm here. Uh, To some success, uh, they have enough to help 
sustain everything, but it is definitely, at this point, a very small venture. But you find Iona there, out in the very small field of grain. I'm assuming they've been made aware that they are no longer being pursued specifically right now? Yes. Good. In the day that you guys kind of got your bearings again, the news was spread to Iona and the rest of the group. Well, for some reason that I cannot explain aloud, I feel a, a weird kinship with them. So I'd like to lend aid to their project, if I might. Sure. And if there's anything they're venturing out to go do, that would be interesting too, because I like to look around at things. It's very fun. Sure. Iona's there, and she sees you coming, unless you're trying to sneak up. No, 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 that's fine. I don't need that kind of heat on me, thank you. <laughs> she, see, she sees you coming and yeah. waves. You've noticed over the past little bit of time interacting with her, she's not an openly warm person. She does have a, a charismatic draw to her, and she's very effective at what she does, but she is not... Not one for, like... She's not going to give me a hug. Right. Right. Yeah. So while she doesn't smile when she waves to you, the wave is still clearly a, a welcome invitation for you to come along. I will come over then. And uh, how's it going today? Looks looks good, I think. I don't know too well, but um, yeah. It's going as well as it probably could at the moment. I, you know, I, that doesn't sound, like, super secure. So is there anything I can do to help you? Because, quite frankly, I, I'm, I'm tired of getting drunk up, up there. And I, so, I don't know. Looking for something more productive to do right now. Perhaps it is good to find a different pastime. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's what I mean. Yeah. Different pastime. What do they call it that, by the way? It's not like it's happened previously. It's something you do to pass the time. Oh, you know, everything is coming together. I, I must be making the right decision by being down here. So, um, yeah, put me to work. What can I do? Well, right now, the problem is that while we've done an okay job of growing crops here to feed the people in Legam, some of the farmers have noticed a strange fungus that has been growing on the grain. Oh, so... Legama's having legume problems, is that it? I believe a legume is a bean. Oh, right. Well, you know. Anyway, yeah. So so much for jokes, you. We'll use that later. Um, a fungus, you say? A mold something? Yes, it's, it's very strange. It starts in small patches and doesn't seem to be killable by any conventional means, but when it gets into larger areas near the base of these grain stalks, it reacts strangely to other things, very acutely to sound. And it actually shifts colors slightly when there are different pitches about. Is it poisonous, or does it kill the not-legumes? What's it, what's it doing, exactly? It is not killing the grain outright, but it does make it inedible. We had a couple people consume the grains that came from this that had been infected by this fungus, and they fell incredibly ill. I see. And does anything seem to kill it, or does it just change colour with sounds? 
It does shrivel a bit, only temporarily, if there are sounds that are too loud. Okay, interesting. Uh, any other ways to kill it, or is it sort of like, that's that's the struggle right now? Not to my knowledge. We've tried a handful of things, but resources are limited, and we only know so many ways to take care of these things. Well, that seems like a great thing that I could help with. Um, uh, I think I might check it out and uh, think of anything else. You go ahead and tell me, and I'll I'll grab uh, grab my thinking cap and go take a look. Yeah, there is one other thing. Uh, yep, go on. So the community here, although we have not been present for the entire time, obviously, mm. has done a pretty good job of meeting the basic needs of everyone. Sure. When the original people who founded this place arrived here, there was a reservoir of water near the southern part of the settlement. Okay. But as of recently, it has not been refilling at a rate that's been sustainable. Oh, well, that's terrible. Usually it, it can refill with the very sparse rain that we have out here mm -hmm. in the plains, but more accurately, it almost seems to seep up from the bottom, but it has not been doing so consistently recently, and no one seems to know where the source is as of yet. If we knew where it was coming from, perhaps we could try to keep it full. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's a good... What direction is it? It's to the south, just... Just outside of the outer wall. Outside? Uh, okay. I'll look at that too. Sure. Yeah, it sounds like a good idea. Uh, anything else I can help with? Or I'm going to get moving. Uh, to my knowledge, that is all of the problems I currently have. All right. Well, uh, as always, thank you for your warm friendship. And I will be back as soon as I have more information for you. She takes a long draw on the uh, curved pipe that she always has in her hand, regardless of what it is she's doing. I maintain uncomfortable eye contact. She also holds that eye contact and just nods at you, kind of staring back awkwardly. Okay. I back away. <laughs> Still maintaining eye contact? Yeah, a little bit. Now I've, I've been locked in. I'm screwed. I, 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 can't, I can't break it now. I'll do the finger guns, and then I'll turn around. That seems like a good segue. So, yeah. Let's take a look at this fungus. You go into this small farming area and take a look at it. It is a, you know, the kind of, like, flat mushrooms that, like, stick out of the sides of trees? Yes. It's very much like that, but on a small level. So rather than being large, broad surface to it, they're very small and kind of, like, scaly almost at the base of these stalks of grain and it does kind of like spread out in small patches on the ground as well near these near the plants right now it is kind of like an orangey red but iona did say that it could change color you also noticed that along the bottom uh, if you imagine when, where a mushroom might have those ridges yeah, yeah. instead of that there are little nodules like a bunch of little rounded polka dotty kind of things. Hmm. And on the top, each one of these flat areas seems to have a small opening, like a little slit in the top. Hmm. Okay. Time to begin my experimentations. Uh, let's see. First, can I grab a stick? 
Sure, you can have a stick. I'm going to give it uh, one of them a poke. Okay. I'm going to name this one Simon and okay. uh, bust out a notebook, see what Simon does. So what happens when I poke it? It kind of gives way in the way that you would expect a mushroom to. It's a little squishy. Okay. But it doesn't react in any other way. It does kind of like leave an indent. Like you could probably stab it if you wanted to, if you wanted to poke it hard enough. I'm uh, not going to do that quite yet. Can I Can I hear the sound of the, the orb from here? Absolutely. Okay. Uh, is it a solid pitch right yes. now? It is. Okay. So I'm imagining it's... Uh, it's reacting to that, is my guess. I'm going to sort of take my hands without touching it and kind of try to create a bit of a, a block, you know, like stop the sound, um, mm-hmm. muffle it a bit and see if it changes uh, color. Sure. Okay. You cup your hands around one of these pieces of mushroom, essentially, mm-hmm. and it doesn't, it's not a drastic change, but it shifts maybe a little more red. You think? Okay. Huh. I will write down that in my mental notebook, a real one. I forget if I have one. All right, I'm going to get kind of close and uh, I'm going to try a melodic test on it now. All right. I'm going to have you make me... I'm going to call this an intellect roll. Okay. How... How melodic are you trying to be? Are you just trying to keep a steady tone or are you trying to sing a song? I think first I'll try a tone. Okay. And then I might try like a scale. Okay. To see what happens. Okay. For a solid tone, that's just going to be a one. I'm guessing I'm untrained in this action. If you want to use a level of effort, it takes Um, it down to zero. You don't have to make a roll at all. No, I'll wait just in case I get jumped by something. While I'm doing this. <laughs> well, success. Awesome. So you're able to keep a steady tone that's a little bit higher than the low hum that the sphere is giving off, and it shifts more towards yellow. It's still in that orangey category, but it's a little more yellow now. Okay. Ah, that's neat of you. Got all sorts of stories to tell. My guess is these kind of showed up. How long have these been showing up? Did she say? Sorry if I forgot. No, it's okay. It- They've only noticed it over the past three days. Okay, That's so it is true. since... She's only noticed over the past two days. Since the noise, basically. Yes. Okay. Okay. Interesting. I'm going to try a scale now. That's going to uh, be a higher difficulty. That's fine. That's fine. Does Jory have a musical history in any way? I like to think she thinks she's okay and she's really not. All right. Let's make this a difficulty three, then. Okay. All right. Feeling involved. Oh, I fail. It's all the same tone. You are successful at singing a series of notes. It is not a recognizable scale of any sort. Okay. As you hold each one, the color shifts slightly. Go ahead and roll me another intellect level three. Okay. Success. You're guessing that your voice isn't loud enough to overpower the hum of the orb, and that's why it isn't shifting as strongly as you would expect. I turn around, yell, could you keep it down, please, fruitlessly, and then I I turn back to my fungo. As you turn back, you (laughs) see one of the smaller ones has, like, curled in on itself and is slowly coming back out. Uh Oh, I see. Okay. I've bonded with Simon, so now I feel bad. So I'm going to go to the, the one next to it. 
<laughs> and I'm going to cut my hands and I'm going to yell really loudly right at this mushroom bit. It shrivels almost completely, pulling in kind of down and over like that bumpy nodule underneath and pulling in very, very tightly against the plant stalk that it's on for the duration okay. as you're yelling. Okay. The moment you stop, it starts to slowly unfurl. Whew. Okay. Last experiment for right now. We're going to see if we can kill you or not. I'm sorry, that's rude. Sorry, Simon, but got to give it a try. I'll take a deep breath and I'm going to cut my hands and I'm, I'm just going to yell at this, this mushroom on the ground until I can no longer do it. You know, I'll, I'll take a breath. I'll try my circular breathing, which I can't do, but I'll try and just try to try to kill it, basically. Ugh. What do you yell at it? Are we yelling just like, ah, screaming? Or are you like insulting it? I, no, <laughs> I think I'll scream at it, but to keep it lively for myself. So to help me keep, um, you know, my breath going, I think I'll I'll start to throw some passive aggressive, like, you're not my father sort of things at it. You know, you, you can't tell me what to do with my life. I'll take out some deep seated aggression. I don't know where that comes from. <laughs> Again, not talking about it. But um, yeah, we'll do that. We'll do that. You spend a good amount of time yelling and saying some some things you just need to get off your chest in a very loud fashion at this this fungus. Eventually, after probably two solid minutes of extended and very direct loud sound, it kind of turns gray and falls off of the stalk. But it's only like one or two of these flat fungus sections in a very concentrated area. I'm quite tired of yelling, so I don't think personally that I'm going to go do that with every single one of these. That's a bit ambitious, I think. But at least we know something works. Um, sorry, Simon, I hope you two weren't close. I will make a note. Let's see. You only came out when that thing started making all kinds of very pretty racket. So um, I'm going to take uh, the dead ones and I'm going to try to scrape off a live one. And uh, I'm going to try to bring it back to somebody uh, for one final experiment. All right. Is there someone specific or maybe Rufus? I'm trying to think of somebody who would have like an airtight, a soundproof bottle or glass or something rufus would be perfect okay look around for rufus and you find they have a little workshop area that's just outside of there's that kind of raised hill area where the structure's on it's just outside of that it's kind of an open air workshop it's got a little pergola over the top uh and they're working on something you're not 100 percent sure what but they're examining something very closely, probably a cipher or a piece of iodum. Hello. Oh, uh, hello. How can I help you? Oh, just the person I was looking for. Well, yes, usually I am the person who is in this area. I'm trying out some different introductions to people and um, 
that one kind of failed. I have a question. Oh. I'm running some experiments. I don't know if you know Ooh, anything about I that. I love point. experiments. Yes, I please. I figured you did. Have you heard about this fungus that's kind of doing some bad stuff to the uh, the crops? Iona did mention something about that. Yes, I haven't had a chance to check it out yet, but I that's do think it does need to be taken care of. I'm I'm on it, so really you've got, like, you know, I'm working for you now, then, I guess. It, oh. Um, yeah. Well, indirectly, because I haven't actually asked you to do anything, but thank you for the help. Yeah, yeah, shoot, no problem. So, uh, I've discovered, through lengthy process of scientific sort of... Anyway, I figured out that yelling at these things actually kind of hurts them and kills them. I brought one here. Take a look. See, it's softly dead looking, at least. Hmm. High-pitched noise or um, extended loud noises seem to hurt them and kill them. I don't know about silence, though. I don't know if it's like an extreme thing. So I thought about trying on Hmm. one of the live ones to see if silence did the same thing. Yes. Or if it made it grow or what it did. Give me just a moment. Okay. And they go to a chest that is in kind of the corner of this workspace and they start yep. rummaging through it, kind of mumbling to themselves, going, Oh, no, that's not. Um, oh, I forgot that was in here. Oh, yes. No, um, no, this one. This one should work. And they bring out a small iridescent box, uh, probably four inches square, perfect cube. Shall we try this? Or did you need something you could see through? I mean,. D- no, I, it's, I'll leave that to you. I mean, if you know what you'd, what you'd like, you're kind of the scientist person. I'm just sort of the... Um, I mean, it'd be great if we could see through it, but at the same time, as long as we can peek in, it's probably fine, I'd imagine. Mm. Well, I don't know that I have anything else that's soundproof, so we'll have to try that's this. Fine. I could probably come up with something else later down the line, but mm-hmm. that'll take some time. Oh, that's all right. Well, why don't we try this? And if it works, we can figure out a bigger scale way to cut the sound off. Because I feel like that's probably an easier thing to do. Maybe not easier to do than like yelling. All right. Well, let's oh. let's try this out then. And they Maybe. open up the box and Great. hold it out for you to put the fungus in. I'm putting in the live one first just to see if that kills it as well. Seeing as sound did make it grow in the first place. I thought maybe it's like a certain frequency kind of makes it thrive, but too much or too little and it it will die, so. All right, well, let's try this out then. Okay. And they close the top. How long do you think we needed to wait? Well, I yelled for about five hours and not really. (laughs) I mean, it was like two minutes, but it felt like a long time. So I feel like maybe, maybe we could do five, maybe. Five minutes sounds like a very reasonable amount of time. No, I'm in the mood to use my voice. You want to sing or something? Do you sing? I do not have a voice that is well-suited for that kind of thing. I'm more of a hands person. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's good. Percussion sort of thing. Um, what about bot bot? Do you sing? Where are you at? Uh, they look down underneath the table where bot bot is sleeping. Question mark. They seem dormant. Okay. Well, Bot-Bot is resting at the moment, but... Ah, sorry. I wouldn't have been talking so loud. No, that's okay. They... Okay. It, it, he doesn't sleep the way that you and I do. Hmm. 
I have a question, though. I seem to recall that you said you were good at finding things. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think I am. The sound that's coming from the sphere, this humming. Yeah. The, yeah. the, the humming yeah. didn't start until that cipher you brought back fused with it. Before that, mm -hmm. when we first arrived here, there was an inaudible sound that seemed to keep creatures away. Um, something probably too high or low for us to hear. We were able to turn that off by the controls that I was able to attach to the underside of the sphere, but it's only slightly controllable. Now we have this voice, maybe, that's coming through. It's not regular. I think it's saying something, but even if we were able to get it to be clearer, I, I don't know that we would understand it. And I want to. I'm pretty sure that I can fashion a device to either translate or make it a little clearer. The problem is, I need components. I have a limited supply of Numenera here, and right now most of it is being used to help the city, well, to help this village grow into a city. I'm sure that there are areas around here that have more bits and pieces that I could be able to work with, but I am awful at finding them. Great at taking them apart, but not good at all at finding them. And I have a feeling that you, if you can find things, I'm sure you can find ciphers and iodum and things to break apart. I think that's a great idea. I think you found yourself an unofficial partner. Partner. Uh, I actually have to head out uh, outside the walls anyway to take a look at this water supply issue that's going on. Maybe I could look for some while I'm out there, yeah? That is a good idea, yes. I think that this is going to be a good friendship. Good. All right, good. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> uh, not that, you know, I'm not friends with anybody else here, but um, not really been a closeness yet, so... Um, well, when we get drinks or something, just let me know. That'd be cool too. Yes, at some point, I think we could sit down at the first tree and talk over things. That sounds great. Yeah. And BotBot -Bot likes you anyway, so that's a plus. What? Oh, yeah? Yeah. I check my invisible watch to see if it's been five minutes. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe not. I think it's been about enough time, yes. And they kind of put their hand on top of the box. Should I open it quickly or slowly? Medium speed. Right. They kind of just, at a normal pace, open it up. What you see is that all color has been drained from this. Like, did you ever read Banicula as a kid? Nope. Oh, Sorry. Man. That's okay. It, it's, a, it's a vampire bunny that drains vegetables of all their color. Of course it is. <laughs> um, you know. But, but that, that's yeah. the idea, is that it's, it's completely white near trans not transparent but um translucent like there are parts yeah. that are like clearly not as opaque as they were before yeah. and as rufus opens this up and it is exposed to sound again the red orange starts to return to it slowly huh so it didn't shrivel like it did with the the loud noises it's just went see-through i think more accurately it's possible that it went dormant so you think that maybe this fungus was always 
on the grain and just didn't kind of fully exist until the sound happened? I think that it's always maybe been in the area. Whether or not it's always been on the grain is a different story, but the sound from the structure seems to have invigorated it, maybe. Interesting. Well, it seems to be making people very sick, I guess. Um, so we need to either find a way to make it dormant again, or to kill it. I don't know that we'll be able to turn off the sound from the sphere completely, but it is maybe possible that we could change the volume for a short period of time. Okay. You saying do like a, a something to kill it, or just something to make it dormant again? No, to blast it away. Blast it away. Yeah, yeah. Would we need to get like earplugs for everybody around? That is something I have not found a solution for yet. I only just had this idea. That's fair. But yes, I can only imagine we would need protection of some sort if we were to turn the volume up on this structure to the point that it would kill all the fungus in the area. Hmm. Yes, that is something we're going to have to look into. Could you look into that at some point? It doesn't have to be now. We'll survive for a little while longer on the stores of food that we have, but maybe at some point. Yeah, I think I'll give that kind of some thinking. Maybe I might head out and look for, you know, some stuff. Speaking of looking for stuff, there is a tunnel of, of sort. Well, it's not a tunnel. It is. There's a mostly collapsed entryway to what we believe to be a tunnel. We've known about it for a little bit of time, but other things have unfortunately taken precedence. We haven't had time to really clear it out. Ito said there's probably Numenera down there, but we haven't gotten very far. Oh, okay, where's the entrance? Just inside the wall, pretty close to the outer wall, along the northeast side of the settlement. Like I said, I haven't had time to really go down there. We cleared out just the very beginning of it and did find some Iota down there, so I'm sure there's more to be found, but... Okay. I wanted to let you know in case you wanted somewhere to look for things. Because yeah, I hope yeah. that you will go looking for things. I, I like doing that. That's a sort of a hobby, I guess. Right? Yeah, um, well, I'll let you uh, think about this stuff too, and I'll think about this stuff, and hopefully we can find a way to save all this grain, because don't want anybody to go hungry, and if, if we're trying to build a big city, then of course we're going to need more of food and, you know, stuff like that, so. Well, I have faith in your ability to work this out. That's very kind of you. Very kind. I, I don't know what to say. No one's been that nice to me in a while. I guess. Well, that's truly unfortunate. I I hope that more people here are nice to you. Are you staying? You're staying here? Uh, At least for a while. I guess I am. I mean, it's weird. I, I didn't... I didn't really think about it, but... Why did you come I, here? Oh, pfft, no reason. <laughs> I am going to have you roll something for that. Yeah. <laughs> While Rufus is an incredibly intellectual individual, they are not necessarily super perceptive. So this isn't going to be a super hard one. But it also strikes me that Jory is probably trained in like detecting lies and, and seeing through false yeah. 
hoods and things like that. She just got a good poker face, though, I feel. No. <laughs> okay. Make this a difficulty three. Okay. Intellect? Yep. Oh, fail. So you, you kind of stutter over your words. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, you don't have to lie to me. L- lie? Um, I'm... I'm a very outgoing sort. I I like people. And I like you. You're welcome here, and you're safe here. You don't have to cover things up if you don't want to. We'll keep you safe. This, um, this, uh, it's very nice, you say. Um, um, yeah, I I think I'm going to be staying. (laughs) Um. So thanks for the um, the tip. I'm gonna gonna go take a look in in the tunnel now. So um, we should have that drink soon. Yeah, yeah, definitely drink soon. Finger guns. Walk away. Yeah. They just kind of Oof. nod and go back to their work silently. <laughs> Ooh, all right. Um. Oh, feeling a bit vulnerable. I'm going to head toward the tunnel. I think as I head that way, I'm going to pause for a second and think I'm thirsty. Maybe I should think about the water one first, just to kind of keep it going. So maybe I'll step outside and look at that, because the tunnel's not going anyplace. If it's inside the walls, we're good. You know, let's let's take a look at that, if I might. Sure. Unless that's... That's the same thing, which is fine. Uh, They're not the same thing. Okay, okay, good. So you go out to... It is a man-made cistern. Okay. I almost said citadel. (laughs) Different things. Thing out in the middle. Yeah, no. It's fine. Um, Okay, all right, cistern. It goes down probably about ten feet all right, so just deep enough that if you were to jump down in, you would have a hard time getting back out without okay. some sort of assistance in some way. Yeah. There is what looks to be stone or maybe synth um, along the edges of it until it gets about two-thirds of the way down, and then it is gravel after that. Is it like a, a, a pulley system at all with the like buckets? To mm-hmm. get stuff out. Yeah, so over top there is a kind of like your typical well scenario with a crank with a rope mm. in a, a large wooden bucket. What is going on with you, Mr. Water Supply? You can see that the water right now is only about a quarter of the way full mm-hmm. in the reservoir, and it is pretty clear, not crystal clear, necessarily. It does maybe still have some sediment in it, because we are out in the middle of nowhere here. But for being what you assume from Iona's description to be groundwater, it's surprisingly clear. Mm -hmm. This is a tough one. Short of digging under the ground. Let's see what could have caused a problem. When's the last time that it rained, at least? Not since you've been here. Okay. Okay. What would affect a well? I'm going to kind of, like, I'm going to sit and I'm going to close my eyes. 
Mm-hmm. I'm just going to kind of think a bit. All right. Would you like to make a roll to try and consider something? Yeah. I'm trying to decide which because okay. there's lots of different things I could use. I think my first thought is going to be, and correct me if this is a little bit of a stretch, which I could see, navigation-wise, I like to think that maybe I have the idea of like kind of how water systems might work, how their paths might be laid out, and see if I can't kind of get an idea from the topography around, you know, where this might be feeding from mm-hmm. under there. It's a little bit... A perception, That's there's that too. So Sure. Go ahead and we'll make this a, a difficulty three. Okay. Um, and you are trained in navigation. I'll let that apply. So it'll be a difficulty three. Success. Hey. Wonderful. Yeah. You spend a little time, you, you sit down and just kind of think. You map out the settlement in your mind. You've walked the entire thing at this point, and you try to remember anything that might strike your memory in terms of topography or landmarks that would maybe help tie into this. The plains itself, it's relatively flat. There's not a whole lot of ups and downs. Technically, you are in a valley from the Black Riage Mountains. Yeah. Uh, So everything kind of flows down from there. But in terms of this particular area, the the highest point is the, besides the walls, is the mound that the structure in the center is over. You don't know this area specifically, but you do know that there are some, like, underground rivers and the like. You've You've heard of things like that. So it's possible that something like that is here. That there is some sort of underground water source feeding this, because it, it's if there's this much water, it's clearly not just seeping up from like the rain and such. It's right, it's yeah. got to be from a source. So you are relatively certain it would be one of two things: either an underground water source, like a, a river or a lake or something like that, or perhaps there was a larger store that was feeding to this ah okay impossible to tell which at this point but those are your two thoughts i think i might find uh, if i can run back to Legom and see if i can find the equivalent of like food coloring something non-toxic but very visible that can add to the to water sure you find such a thing from fahora Okay. Uh, she gives you a a blue powder that normally it, it's derived from a flower. She brought it with her years ago to this place when they first arrived, and she hasn't really found a use for it up until now. Uh, but she had brought it along, and you're welcome to have a little bit of it to try and do whatever it is you're doing. Because mm-hmm. she's just as worried about the water situation as Iona is. Okay. The first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to go back to the pool if you will. I'm going to drop just a little bit in it and just try to see if there's movement in there, what it might do, if there seems to be uh, activity moving up from the bottom or if it's draining somewhere where it shouldn't be, anything like that. You do not notice it draining anywhere and save the little bit of wind that is 
kind of getting down into it, rippling the surface. Yeah. It does not seem to be moving anywhere either. Your guess is that if it is either exiting or entering this cistern, it's at a very slow rate. Gotcha. Okay. I'm going to start in it like a swirl pattern, and I'm just going to kind of go out and I'm going to see if I can't find any other areas that seem wet or like they might be collecting or you know something, some kind of water source. But before I do that, I kind of, part of me wonders if there's not some kind of Numenera going on. It's not some kind of like, is this naturally occurring, do I think? It seems to be, but. Everything seems to be affected by this vibration, so... Do another level three intellect test. Okay. Trained since I have salvaging? I'm... I'm going to say no in okay. this sense. Yeah. Fail. It's <laughs> fine. You are unaware of any Numenera or the cipher or artifact that does anything like this, even though you have decent experience. With them, it's possible, but you aren't able to connect anything with that directly. Okay, I'll look down at it. <laughs> why are you drawing out? That's it. Just Why don't you just tell me? I like to think I'm a nice, understanding person. So, um, no? Nothing? The cistern does not respond. Dang. Nice try, though. You must face the cistern alone. <laughs> Is the cistern our gazebo? Yes, it's a gazebo. Yeah, but you understand what a cistern is. I do, I do. I th at least I think I do, unless this is something else entirely. Um, I, d I don't want to get in because I feel that would be unhealthy for the people to drink, like, me water. Yeah, that seems gross. Um. Oh shoot! Um, I'll take a sample. I'll take a, a a sample. I'll maybe get the bucket down. Not that it's not what we're probably drinking anyway, but um, just to have a, a bit of the directly. Um. Yeah, I, I might I might spend a little time looking kind of a little bit around to see if there's um any other places that seem like kind of wet or might be fed from the same spring or that sort of thing. So, In the immediate area, you do not find anything else that seems to be wet. No. Okay. Hmm. Well, maybe when I go in that tunnel at some point, it might help create a, a line between these because I'm not sure how I'd investigate... I do do one thing. I find uh, wherever there might be, okay, maybe the cardinal directions, I'll kind of, is there any plant growth that's different in any of the directions, anything like that? Yeah, minus the fungus, no. Yeah, okay. I will point at the cistern and say, I'll be back for you, and I will head to the first tree <laughs> to get myself a blue something. <laughs> Fahura sees you coming as you walk through, and she sets this opaque, milky, blue, yeah. alcoholic substance yeah. on the table. Mm. <sighs> I will sit. Yeah. So you have a drink. Okay. Fahura. Yes? 
What do you know about wells? Uh, in general or here? I mean, I guess here specifically. Well, I know we have that reservoir down to the south. It's about all I know. And how's it been since, you know, you guys created this place? Well, it was relatively full when we arrived here, and that's probably because no one had been really taking anything out of it for a good long while. Mm. Uh, but it stayed at a pretty reasonable level for the first few years, and honestly, it's really only started to dip into the uncomfortably low section over the past month, maybe. Mm-hmm. And it's probably because we have more of a draw on it now. We've got more people here. I don't know if we should be looking to fix this one or try to find a different source of water to help, uh, you know, offset the, you know, help add to the the supply and demand back and forth that's going on. Either one would be just fine. We've searched the surrounding area to see if there's anything else like this, but mm. not not for a good long radius around Legam, is there any other cisterns or reservoirs or even wells that resemble this or would be able to help supply any large amount of water? That's what I'm going to try to find out. There might be something we can do. I mean, if there was more rain all the time, that would help, but uh, can't bank on that. Yeah, rain's not a relatively common occurrence here. No. I'm going to be doing some exploring. Maybe That's I a can, great idea. I know. Maybe I can find a way underneath and see maybe where the spring is being fed from the bottom. Maybe there's a large water source we can kind of tap into. So long as we maintain a good balance of, you know, take versus refill. Have you heard about the tunnel? I have heard about the tunnel. Good. That might be a good place to start then. I think I might do that. I might do that. I keep drinking my drink and imagining what could be in this tunnel, starting to get wild ideas of all kinds of technology I might find. Oddities, artifacts, Numenera, water as well. I like this tunnel, I think. But you haven't been there yet. No, I haven't, but I've been drinking some, so there's that. Do you want to wait till you're sober up a bit till you head down there? Just a little. I feel like if I've got a minor buzz on, I might be a little bit more, you know. You know, that's probably not true. Yeah, I'll wait to sober up. Do you have any rolls or something? No, I don't. But going down there, you might actually... Maybe I can do something to help you out. Here. Yeah. And she sets down a shot glass with that kind of sweet but savory flavored liquid. The one that Smallrin took the last time you were here. And got the ability to find things. I don't know what it's going to do for you, but I hope it would be something useful. As long as it doesn't turn me into, like, a bird, I think we'll be okay. Well, that's... We'll we'll see how that goes. I don't think it'll turn you into a bird. Okay. But it very well could make you fly. (laughs) Okay, all right, shoot. I'll I'll bite. I drink, I guess, not bite. All right. So, all right, bottoms Um, up. Yep. Go ahead. And this is, it, it's a bit of a process. That's fine. Roll me first a d20. D20. Boop. Four. Number four. One. And then, 
Roll me a d100. Okay. Boop. 18. 18. Ooh. Nice. You have gotten an awareness enhancer. Uh-huh. So you take this drink and actually roll me a d6 for the level of d6. this thing. Okay. It'll be at a level two ability. Okay. You take this shot. And like I said, it is both sweet and savory at the same time, but smooth and clearly alcoholic. Somehow are able to just sense anything that around you that moves. Okay. You are able to very acutely sense that in your mind, more so than just watching things or that extra sensory, like, oh, I know someone is near me. You can actually feel the objects move and in if you really really concentrate you can kind of hear people's thoughts the only person here right now is Hora. Mm-hmm. but regardless okay to also get a mutation Ooh. as you are suddenly gaining this perception of the area around you and the people around you um a trickle of yellow ooze starts coming out of your ear. And it just kind of like steadily dripping like a slow nosebleed, maybe. Okay, okay. And based on what you remember from Small Rin's experience, this will last for about a day, for, so 28 hours. Okay. Both of these things. Ugh. I'm- and you notice that the ooze is sticky and it is if this continues for a day it, it's you're it, it's gonna get all over Ugh. that was quite the drink oh that's that's a change i haven't seen yet and you're not flying so i assume there's something else that's going on about you hmm. i are you are you it sounds like you're whispering but your lips aren't moving, so I'm guessing there's some things in your brain that I'm I'm hearing. She gets a, a coy smile and kind of just looks at you and thinks, I bet she can hear my thoughts. I can. Well, what do you know? She says out loud. Yeah. Oh, that could be very useful. Or very damaging to my ego if people don't like me. I guess. I don't know why people wouldn't necessarily, unless you've done something wrong to them. Have you done something wrong to people? I, I mean, I don't know. Sometimes you don't know. Sometimes uh, you just have to find out the hard way by hearing people's thoughts. <laughs> um, this is neat, though. Well, I'm sure this will help you. Why, why don't you? Why don't you get to exploring then? I'm going to. Uh, could I ask for one favor, though? Of course. You know those towels you use to wipe down the countertop with could i have one of those sure i have she, a feeling the, uh, these ears are not gonna stop anytime soon <laughs> she nods knowingly and hands you a towel from underneath the bar side i wipe my ears and out of pure human curiosity i smell it to see if it smells weird it smells <laughs> yes it's <laughs> yeah it smells like sulfur yeah, it smells good. like sulfur. That's, that's great. That's great. Good thing I don't have a date today. Finger guns, exit toward the tunnel. You make your way 
to the northeast side where this tunnel is. And it's kind of roped off. Not a particularly useful, like, sectioning it off. Just kind of... Police type. Yeah, just basically a, hey, there's a thing here. Don't fall in, please. Yay. Okay. Um, It does not go straight down. It kind of goes down at a, at a slight angle. And the opening is only... Just large enough for you to kind of duck into it. You do have to kind of crouch a little in the opening. Mm -hmm. Do you go in? Yes, I do. The opening goes in about five feet. It's not very deep Mm -hmm. before it starts kind of closing off. It's not a cave-in, but it is also not really open. It kind of looks like it's just collapsed a little bit. You can see farther, but it's not going to be possible for a person to continue to travel down this area as it currently stands. Well. And it is completely dark. Okay. Save for the light that's coming in from the entrance. Okay. I'm going to start to move this rubble, then, if I'm able to. Sure. You are able to move some of it with your hands, but it's clear this is going to take more people a longer time to fully clear out. Uh, But as you are moving through it, you move a rock Mm -hmm. and a couple of things fall out. You first find a cipher, and I'm going to deal you a card to do that. Machine control implant. Hmm. All right. Neat. When activated, the cipher splits into two pieces. One is affixed to a Numenera device and the other to a character. The character can then use his mind to control the device at long range, bidding it to do anything it could do normally. Thus, a device could be activated or deactivated, and a vehicle could be piloted. The control lasts for 10 minutes, and once the device is chosen, it cannot be changed. Neat. That's very cool. So, there are two, there are a couple different ways. um, Do you find, I'm going to say that this is not a pill that you found, but is it a wearable thing, or is it a usable thing? It's something that adheres to you, or is it an injection? Uh, uh, I'm going to say it's like a, kind of like a talk. How about that? Perfect. That you, um... Just put around kind of your upper neck a bit. Go ahead and roll me a d6 for the level of this thing. And do. Four plus two, according to everything else. So that is a level six. Okay. Cipher. So in looking at your equipment, you currently have two ciphers on you. So you have two choices. You can either get rid of one or you can take all three and risk what's called cipher danger could endure some adverse effect for carrying unknown technology in large quantities on yourself. If I get rid of it, can I put it somewhere it's just not on me? Like, how does that, can I give it to somebody else? Like, does it, do I just have to drop it, basically? So you would roll for cipher danger immediately when you pick it up, and then once per day after that. If you wanted to, you are welcome to leave something somewhere or give it to someone else or go put it back like where your belongings are mm-hmm. you don't have to like get rid of it you just can't be carrying it on your person i think i'll take that one and i'll put that back with my stuff where i sleep so i can stare at it and um the machine control implant yeah 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 that one when you do pick it up if you have three ciphers on your person at any point i will have i will set one of them down and then pick the other one up and and run run it to my place and just then okay. come back and grab that's it that's fine no yeah. that's fine so you, you do a quick trade out, which is okay. fine. 
I am going to kind of put a limit on how many ciphers you're just like storing. That's fine. Essentially. That's fine. Only because part of the system is to like you're constantly going to be running into yes. new ciphers that are meant to be disposable. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um so I'll say that you can have one stored mm -hmm. essentially if you ever want to switch it out. Sure. You also find roll me a D six. Alright. So four, is that right? Yep. Yep. Once again. Okay. You find nine shins. So nine pieces of money. Okay. And then go ahead and roll a D one hundred. 25. Beautiful. You find two units of apt clay. Okay. So apt clay is kind of like a brittle blue-gray substance. It almost has a metallic sheen to it. Mm -hmm. It can be used as a component in crafting, or it can be helped to make a structure stronger. It can also technically be eaten, mm -hmm. but it'll fill you up. But it is more than likely going to give you an upset stomach. Gotcha. But it definitely helps focus you a little bit more. Basically, what it does is it deducts from your speed pool, but adds to your intellect pool. Okay, to okay. choke it down. Where would I list that? You can put that under miscellaneous, would be fine. Miscellaneous, okay. Yeah, two units, which is about six pounds okay. of apt clay. You spend a little more time down here, and this would normally be a roll, but I think between your ability from the drink and the fact that you are trained in perception anyway, I will give this to you. The okay. air down here smells damp. Ah, good, good, okay. Um, and you reach down and touch the ground, and it's not wet but yeah. the, the dirt is definitely not dry it does clump a little bit in your hands hello is this where all the water's been oh boy might be a lot more than i thought down here you also sense a little bit of movement farther down with that ability that kind of telekinetic means you're able to feel something moving at the very edges of that sense. Okay. Oh, something is down here. Maybe I shouldn't do this alone. Don't like where this is headed. I fight back the urge to call out hello because I feel like if somebody was here from the village, there's no way that they would have been able to slip past all that stuff I just had to move. And I will say that you haven't completely cleared out the tunnel. It's right. just a little more open right now. It still would be difficult to get through as a full-grown person. I'll probably head back out just to look for proper supplies to go deeper into this. At this point, it's starting to become late in the day. You've done a okay. lot today already. And you think that it's probably going to be a good idea to start tomorrow regardless. Mm -hmm. So you make a handful of plans and then decide to settle down for the evening. Okay. Here's a question. Yes. What kind of living space has Jory made for herself? The area around here, there are some housing structures, but they're sparse and kind of very crudely 
created. Uh, so you can either kind of take one of those and make it a little more personal, or you could maybe find your own space. Where has she been staying the last day or two? Is there a kind of like bunk area where multiple people stay, even if they have their own little like small area, but it's not like, you know, totally alone? Yeah, there is a building, just a one story with a couple of rooms that some of the other inhabitants have. It seems to be the hunters that Iona had been talking about, the people that go out and try and uh, capture anything edible out in the beyond. Right. So they're in and out more often than not. They've seemed to be amiable roommates, but you being a little more closed off about yourself, although outgoing, uh, <laughs> yeah. they have. They also haven't given a whole lot of personal information about themselves. There are three of them, and there is a total of two rooms, so you would be sharing a room with one of them. Okay. You have at least found out, assuming that you want to go with this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. You have found out that this person's name is Dio. Okay. Well, I will head back uh, to that place and um, I'll probably kind of head straight to bed. I'll keep the towel next to the bed because I'm sure I'll probably wake up a few times with this goo in my ears. So. Absolutely. Yeah, you take a nice night's rest and hope that in the morning maybe some other people will join you with some more resources to go back down into the tunnel. Mm-hmm. Lovely. And I think that's where we'll call it then. All right. Game. Thank you so much for listening to Episode 7 of Palimpsest. If you have a moment, please take the time to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a good rating and review on whatever podcast service will let you. As a relatively new podcast, every little bit helps get our name out there. As always, feel free to follow us on social media. You can find the podcast on Twitter and Facebook at Palimpsestcast and our website at palimpsestcast.com. You can also find our hosts on Twitter, myself at Covered and Sawdust, Chase at TQ Loudly, Rin at Rin underscore Moran, and Bridget at Really Bridget. Also take a moment to check out our network, Ghostlight Media. You can find us at ghostlightmedia.net, and that's where you'll find links to all the other podcasts in our group, as well as other ways that you can help support us. And in that vein, I would like to thank current Patreon patrons, Nate, Connor, and Patrick for their continued support. Thanks once again for listening, and I hope you'll come back in two weeks to hear another character-exclusive episode of Palimpsest. And until then, may your ciphers never malfunction. Palimpsest is produced by Zan Campbell-Johannes and Chase Greenlee, and is edited by Pat Mahood. Original show theme music by Justin Longacre. This is a Ghost Like Media production.